mobile phones, laptops, tablets, and everything in between. This is Sean and Sean, and you're listening to the Silicon Theory Podcast. Greetings, fellow tech seekers, and welcome to another episode of the Silicon Theory Podcast. I am Sean, your host and moderator this evening, and with me, as always, Sean P. What's up, guys? So we're going to talk a little bit about a phone called the Galaxy S8 Plus, and it's been covered ad nauseum in the mainstream media. If you haven't already heard of it or seen it, um, you should probably go and check that out. But we're going to call this our not quite review because we're going to talk a little bit about the Galaxy S8 Plus in particular and Sean P's specific experience with having used the device now for a couple weeks in hand. So we're going to talk and take a couple of different angles with this, but really what I want to start with is let's talk about the S8 Plus and some of the things that uh, were the same or better than you thought that they might be. And for the listeners, if you haven't already checked it out, go out, stop this podcast, pause it, go back, find the S8 and S8 Plus discussion, listen to that first, and then you'll have an idea what it is that we're actually talking about, and then come back, pick up right here, and let's hear from Sean P. what he thinks is better than what he thought it was going to be with a Galaxy S8 Plus. So I have to admit, when I first got the phone, I was a little underwhelmed for the first couple of days. I know that sounds weird because, you know, we were pretty hyped for this, and after the whole Note 7 meltdown, I was definitely due for a new phone, but when I got it, I don't know, for some reason, the first couple of days, there was definitely an adjustment. Uh, the fingerprint scanner location was far worse than I was expecting, so that definitely took some adjustment as far as my usage. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, but as far as things that are better, I would say the thing that's better than I expected is indeed the screen. Um, it's huge, it's beautiful, it's bright. Uh, it's a very narrow phone. Um, and it's one of those things, too, where like you take it for granted after you're using it for a while. So... Um, I, you know, for a couple days as I'm using it, I'm going, you just get used to it. So it becomes second nature. And it's not until you hold it next to another phone or I would put it next to my Note 5 that I would go, wow, this really is kind of a, a marvel as far as how it looks. And uh, you're calling my wife. Oh, I was like, why is it? Just for you, uh, dear listener, I had uh, Sean's phone in my hand as I was looking at the screen, and I was looking at the screen while he was talking about it, and apparently I was calling his wife. I was like, why is the top bar green? What's going on here? I have gestures enabled, so when you swiped up, you swiped up on the uh, phone icon, and that calls my wife. God bless Nova Launcher. Excellent. Um, So yeah, as a segue, though, the screen is the... That is the selling point. Um, The screen's big, it's beautiful, it's bright, and it takes up the entire... uh, uh, front of the device. So it really is amazing and from an engineering standpoint it looks great. Uh, the rounded corners, um, you know, I don't know if they add much, uh, but it looks cool. It's a cool effect. Uh, yeah, the screen is above and beyond. It's fantastic. And that really is the selling point of the phone to me. Uh, it is all screen and it looks like something from the future from the front. So, and I'll mention this right in the middle, but I have my uh, my Pixel XL basically sitting on the table here next to us. And in comparing it to the S8 Plus, it's roughly 
the same height. The Galaxy S8 Plus is a little bit taller. It's probably two to three millimeters taller, and it is slightly narrower. It's probably maybe one to two millimeters narrower. And the difference in the screen size between the Pixel XL and the S8 Plus is 5.5 to 6.2. That is amazing. It really is an amazing feat of engineering that Samsung was able to get this size of display into this type of form factor and the new aspect ratio notwithstanding. Um, it's it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah, so as far as exceeding expectations, screen, I think the screen is amazing. And I would say the other thing that's exceeded my expectations so far is the battery life. Um, I know with 3,500 milliamp hours, we're expecting it to maybe be a bit of a downgrade, but for my usage, and keep in mind this is a new phone, so it's always better at first. Um, I mostly use my phone to stream things, so I stream when I'm sitting in traffic. I stream, stream podcasts and music all day to Bluetooth uh, when I'm at work, and then I stream on the way home. So my screen on time is usually maybe only an hour or so, but I'm streaming things literally all day otherwise. And the battery life has been tremendous. I don't think I've gone to bed with less than 60%, whereas my Note 5 it was getting a little bit longer in the tooth. It was getting down to the 30% range. So uh, screen and battery life have exceeded expectations for me. They're, they've been great. Fantastic. Let's, uh, let's go to the flip side then. And what is the same or worse than what you expected to get when you got the phone? So something that's the same that I wasn't expecting, I would say, is the camera in a lot of ways. Um, the Note 5 was using a 16 megapixel sensor. Uh, Samsung switched to this low light sensor with the Galaxy S7, so I never had it except for briefly with the Galaxy Note 7 for three days. Um, is it better in low light? Yes, it's better in low light in my experience, absolutely. Uh, is it a better camera? Eh, it gets a little more complicated for me. Hmm. During the day and taking action figures, sometimes it actually feels a little bit slower than my Note 5 did in some ways. Uh, it takes really excellent pictures. Uh, and again, in low light, it's considerably better. But when you're just comparing it, I would say to me, actually, they're, they're kind of even in a lot of ways. And I wasn't expecting that. Maybe I'm just not doing a lot of low light photography. I tend to do more during the day. Uh, but, you know, I, I would say it's probably slightly better, but not anything amazing. I was expecting it to be a bigger jump. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I think that matches with what a lot of the reviews have said, too. Um, and there's a, a little bit of a shootout I did on Instagram. So if you want to go check out our Instagram feed, we are at Silicon Theory. I compared a Galaxy S8 um, phone that a friend of mine at work has with my Pixel camera. And um, the photos were largely the same. And in one very obvious instance, the S8 camera was actually worse. It provided a very bluish tint to the image and uh, did not reproduce it accurately in my opinion. So um, very good camera. Nobody's denying that. It is an outstanding mobile camera, but yeah, I can see the same-ish. Yeah, I mean from 2015, which was my Note 5 to now, so we're talking about 18 months, it's better, but only just. Um, Performance-wise, uh, Snapdragon 835, so it's an octa-core processor, and it is definitely faster than the Note 5 was. But again, we're not talking like night and day here. Um, my Note 5, you know, for all of the Samsung jank that people talk about all the time, I don't have Facebook or Snapchat or Instagram, which are kind of three notorious applications for slowing your phone down. So my phone never really was that slow with the Note 5, I would say. It, it kept pretty speedy throughout the entire time I had it. This phone's faster, but again, like we're not talking any kind of ridiculous change in speed. It is faster, it is more fluid, again, only just. I mean, it, it is. It's faster, but at some point I just go, and eh, the Note 5 was pretty speedy too. It, it's 
faster for opening up applications, it's faster to get into the camera, but we're talking milliseconds now, we're not talking any drastic difference. So again, I would say that's something that's better, but not anything crazy. Um, in the absolutely worst category, I would say the fingerprint scanner is in the worst category. Well, at first especially, really bad. The first couple days I was like, I don't know how I'm gonna use this thing. Um, it's awful. Uh, shocking, shocking, Now, but, but not shocking. Um, with a case, I have the Spigen Neo Hybrid case, much easier to deal with because it gives you kind of a reference point to find it. And in your right hand, I have a big hand, I can actually reach it pretty easily. Um, now that I'm used to it, uh, I like the back fingerprint location better on a phone than the front, like it was in the Galaxy Note 5. Yes. I think the ideal for me though would be the Pixel where you have a nice big scanner right in the middle of the device where you're looking for it. Um, I like that you can just touch it and turn the phone on as opposed to having to push a button like you did on the Note 5. So Samsung's location sucks still, F. Um, but now that I'm used to it and I have the case on, uh, I don't smudge the camera, it's relatively easy to find and it's fast enough, so uh, it's okay. Um, you know, it was a tack on, not great, but fine for the most part. At least Samsung did offer you a few other biometric options to be able to unlock the phone, so it mitigated somewhat maybe. I haven't used Iris Scanner at all, I've been using a face unlock, which I actually don't use that much. I actually basically use 90% fingerprint at this point. Hmm. Um, and then I just have trusted places set up for at work and at home, so I don't have to worry about it here. I would say uh, you're probably in the minority of people that use the fingerprint scanner regularly as their primary biometric unlock method. That's just, it's, I'm glad that it works for you. That's fantastic. And I'll just briefly insert here that uh, it's kind of well known that the S8 and S8 Plus have had a couple of notorious issues recently, the red tint of the screen mm -hmm. being one, and and the uh, use of a, what would we say, last year's variant of the storage in UFS 2.0 in some of the S8 devices too. But having said that, the uh, one of the biggest beefs of everybody is the fingerprint scanner. So, um, And in the interest of full disclosure, it doesn't appear that you've had either of the two notorious problems. No, no red tint screen and you are on UFS 2.1 in terms of storage. So uh, maybe you got one of the good ones. I hit the AMOLED lottery this time. My screen's very uniform and not red. Uh, which is great. I put it actually, interestingly, up to my Note 5, which I didn't consider to be red, and the Note 5 was considerably more red, so that was <laughs> that was an interesting moment. Um, and yeah, I do have a UFS 2.1 device. It looks like all the Galaxy S8 Pluses with Snapdragons are UFS 2.1. Heard that too. But the S8 folks are getting really unlucky. It's kind of you get one or the other. It, in real world, it may not be that much of a difference, but when you're paying this much for a phone, it's kind of crap that they were advertising 2.1 and then we're swapping in two, so I'm not thrilled with Samsung for that. I think it's a bullshit move, if we're being honest. Um, but yeah, for the phone, other lowlights, I don't really have a lot. As I said, I think the fingerprint scanner is definitely the low light for me. Um, it's, it's just not great from a location standpoint, but now that I'm used to it, it's, I, I'm okay. I would still say, though, if you were designing the phone, it would be in the worst possible place. Yeah, for me. So there is that. Uh, the other low light, I guess, would be the Bixby button, which I've never used. I've never turned Bixby on. I haven't me messed with Bixby at all. I use Google Assistant. Um, I haven't messed with the apps that remap the button because I've heard it causes some performance and battery issues, which I wasn't willing to take on. But uh, yeah, uh, overall, as I've had the device longer now, as I've settled into it in two weeks, I'm much happier with it than I was when I first got it. I think I was just a little bit underwhelmed. There was a little bit more of a learning curve than I was expecting. But uh, now that I have it dialed in and kind of where I want, uh, I'm very happy with the device. It's the best phone I've owned, uh, as you would expect. It's the newest phone, right? Um, but uh, yeah, it, 
it's great. Here's the thing, though. This phone costs a freaking fortune. Two um, fortunes, actually. Very, very expensive phone. Is it a great phone? Absolutely. Is the design ahead of everyone else unquestionably by my eye, especially from a screen standpoint? Um, would this be something where I would absolutely go, you have to have this phone, everyone? Absolutely not. Uh, I <laughs> think that you know, if you're willing to spend top dollar, there's many things that it does better than every other phone on the market. The screen being the, the main thing. It's waterproof. It has wireless charging. It has a lot of good stuff going on. Um, but the drop-off from this to other phones is not that steep now. We're just in a world of parity. And I think, again, if you know someone was saying, hey, I really like it, but I'm thinking about buying a OnePlus 3T, I would, be, I would probably tell them, I think in day-to-day -day use, you're probably not going to notice much difference. In fact, I think the OS is actually faster with the OnePlus 3T. Uh, the camera's not quite as good, and there's some other little things, but it's half price. I mean, it's half as much money, um, and that's a big deal. And, you know, even the LG G5, excuse me, G6, we're already seeing price drops. It's down to $500 at T-Mobile, and you get a free Google Home with that and a free tablet. Um, you know, I think I'd give that a long, hard look. I personally think this phone's better for me. I like the size. I like large phones. But... It's not a slam dunk like, yeah, you have to have this phone. Um, it's very fashionable, it's great looking, has the small bezels. I think that's its biggest strength if you're looking for something that kind of stands out. But, you know, if that's not your thing and you're looking for just a phone that does a lot of things well and you're looking for bang for buck, I don't know if this phone's that. Hmm. Uh, it, it's, it's great. I love this phone, I'm glad I bought it, but, uh, for the money, for how good these mid-tier phones are getting, for for just the way the market is, um, it's not an unquestioned slam dunk like it used to be for me. In fact, I'm actually getting to the point where I'm, as I said, I'm a super enthusiast that typically upgrades every year, and it's like, at one point I was giving pretty hard thought to buying this phone and then the Note 8 later on and selling it, and maybe I'll still do that, who knows. But I actually probably will hold on to this phone for a while, I think see how the S9 Plus is, maybe start there if it has something that really is, you know, a standout feature, but things have slowed down and the, the form factor is modern enough that I think this phone will hold up fairly well and I'm happy with it, but uh, for people out there that are just kind of looking at phones and don't have to have the newest thing and aren't interested in spending top dollar, uh, you don't have to anymore. You, you can buy these mid-tier phones like the OnePlus 3T and do really well with it, or even a G6 at $500 is a pretty compelling buy, I think, for most people versus spending uh, $850 on this phone. So, great phone, very happy with it, does a lot of things well, but um, the market's really, you know, changing and there's a lot of nice stuff out there, and I don't think you should feel compelled to have to spend top dollar anymore. And a lot of nice stuff yet to come. We've already talked about um, things like the OnePlus 5 are coming, the Pixel 2 are coming, although it'll probably be every bit as expensive. Um, the Note 8 is coming. Um, if you're into Apple, uh, there's probably three different Apple phones that may be coming late this year, maybe early next year. So, yeah, the, there's a lot of uh, great things about it, I agree. And a uh, big shout to Spygen, too. That Neo Hybrid case is really awesome on this phone. Yeah, this is the best. <clears throat> like, the back of the phone is literally like touching a fish that just jumped out of a lake. I mean, it is a slippery stamp thing you've ever seen in your life. <laughs> and this this case is not bulky and has this nice textured back that makes it infinitely easier to handle. Also, 
this is going to sound like a weird thing. One of my main hangups with the Samsung phones is you can't get a tempered glass screen protector worth a damn. But recently I discovered the Whitestone Dome screen protector that is actually $45. Yes, you're hearing that right. It's a $45 screen protector. Oh. Um, but it's oh. it's actually fascinating. Uh, it has its this method to apply it where you actually put resin on your screen through what looks like a syringe device. You put the screen protector on top and then you use a UV nail light that's provided to basically harden the resin and bake it on. So this is a fantastic screen protector. I actually have one on this phone now that, you know, you don't lose touch sensitivity. It adheres to the sides. Um, that's a big deal for me. So I'm happy about that because I'm OCD and I nicked the screen on my Note 3 and it forever hurt my soul. So um, it's nice to have it on there and, and dialing those things in between the screen protector and the case really made the ergonomic situation of the phone a lot better. Um, I think for users, you definitely would absolutely want a case on this thing. It would be fragile without and it's slippery, which is a horrible combination. Um, and then for those of you looking for a screen protector, uh, we're not affiliated with these guys. We're certainly not getting paid for this, but we'd it's, like to be. It's, so if you're out there listening, <laughs> send us some cash. White stuff, send us some cash. But it is—it's the only game in town, and the best by far, uh, from what I can tell. So I'm very happy with the phone. But I have to say, like, I'm really hyped for the OnePlus Five, and I really fully expect a lot of my family's looking to upgrade phones this year on T-Mobile. Mm. Um, I can think of no less than three of them that are looking for upgrades right at this moment. And I have two friends that are looking for upgrades. And I have a feeling that I'm not going to end up recommending the Galaxy S8 to any one of them. Mm. I think I'm going to end up recommending the OnePlus 5 to three of them and probably the LG G6 to the other two as it drops down in price a little bit more once it gets to that 400, 450 range. And that says something to me. I mean, it's like, I love this phone and I think it's kind of quote unquote the best in a lot of ways, but it's, a hard recommendation for a lot of people because it's really expensive and these other phones are so good. So uh, who's the company that makes the screen protector you said again? Whitestone? Whitestone. It's called the Whitestone Dome. If you go on YouTube, you can find people. You can watch a video. It feels like you have to have a PhD to put this thing on. It literally is like a 20-minute process. Um, Really a fascinating thing, actually. It was kind of fun. It's a little bit white-knuckle because if you screw up, you screw up your $45 screen protector, but um, I love it so far. So just to, <laughs> just to quickly recap, the two new marketing campaigns we're going with are Whitestone, Bake Your Phone, and Samsung, Our Phones Feel Like a Fish That Just <laughs> Jumped Out of Water. Gosh, it is a slippery little beast. That's all I'm saying. Love it. Love it. Uh, any other final thoughts on the Galaxy S8 Plus that people should know about? No, great phone. I love it. I don't want people to get it like twisted out there that I don't like this phone. I really do like it. If you are one of those people that money is no object and you're willing to buy whatever it takes, it still is right there. It probably is the best phone at this exact moment. Uh, but the competition's fierce and there's a lot of stuff going on out there. And I think just, you know, as time goes by, it's getting harder and harder to justify the, the super high prices, and that makes it a little bit harder to recommend. Still great phone. Love it. Gotcha. And um, we're going to be having uh, some discussions about some of the maybe the, the best phones for the money, so look for an article on silicontheory.com coming soon to discuss that, uh, which is a great segue for me to say. Uh, you can find all of our musings on silicontheory.com. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at silicontheory, and you can email us at silicontheory at gmail.com. Thanks very much, and we'll talk tech soon. Good night, guys.